Markets Conversation is a new IAM podcast where we discuss topics of importance to capital markets participants with product owners, subject matter experts, and industry leaders. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Markets Conversation podcast. I'm Ali Curry. By now, most of us know that financial markets are affected by domestic and global events, inflation, war, food shortages, supply chain disruptions, the list goes on. What sort of impact do these events have on banks, brokers, and firms that are at the forefront of supporting trade at a global scale? So on today's episode, we'll take a closer look at how banks, firms, and brokers are managing risk through these challenging economic times by leveraging technology. Joining us in our conversation today is our special guest from IONS Clear Derivatives Management is Bruce Roberts, who's headquartered in London. Let's get started. Bruce Roberts, welcome to the podcast. It's great to be here, Ollie. Thank you for joining us. So, Bruce, before we get to our conversation, let's learn a little bit more about you. Have you been in finance your whole career? No, I've not always been in finance. I worked in American higher education for several years before I decided to complete an MBA in international management. So I've always uh, been energized with working uh, in a global and diverse environment. So I had a close interest in economics and finance subjects and the impact on individuals and companies. So that led me to working uh, for UBS in Zurich um, for three years and before moving to London and working with them for 17 years. And then I went on to do uh, consulting and global business development before I joined ION as part of the Global Clear Derivatives Management Team. And it's been a great experience. So let's touch on a couple of challenges in the financial market. I'm sure there are many, but for now, let's talk about a couple of them. One, managing risk and two, cost efficiency. Can you break down for us some of the cost pressures and margin requirements that firms are dealing with right now, especially when you factor in things such as the war in Ukraine, inflation, supply chain disruptions, et cetera. Again, what are some of these cost pressure and margin requirements that firms are dealing with right now? Cost has been a significant challenge for all members of the financial community since the financial crisis. And the amount of regulation that firms have to comply with, whether that relates to clearing more products from over the counter to own exchange has increased significantly. And the regulatory regimes such as Dodd-Frank and Amir in Europe with the Basel III uh, changes of risk-weighted assets have impacted firms in a way they operate their businesses and the cost to run their firms through segregation of assets, regulatory reporting has had a large impact. So the impact has been firms also having to run projects after projects for these regulatory programs over the past decade to implement and comply with these new regulations. And the cost of which has had to be funded through increased efficiency. It's also been higher cost uh, in some instances to clients. And it's also meant that the decision has been made by a number of firms to actually exit from the market um, as the cost of business was too prohibitive to compete effectively. So in the end, this concentrates risk into fewer participants in the market and is an unintended consequences in some ways to how the market has evolved. If you also look at the present period with the war in Ukraine that you mentioned, you see that 
with volatility in energy, oil and gas, and agricultural products, there has been significant volatility to suppliers and consumers of these products. We witness this today as consumers at the pumps when we fill up our cars, and most participants in these markets, as we do um, at home, want to lock in some certainty to the prices that they will pay for budgeting and running their operations or businesses. So you will have some speculators as always, but with the amount of collateral that is increased by up to 10 times to buy hedges, which are futures contracts on energy or commodities, what you're finding is that some participants are going unhedged and are being exposed to the volatility in the market. So this is a concern for all participants as it increases risk and that uh, risk will have specific counterparts that are not being able to pay, which could result in default and losses being occurred by a number of participants. You brought up risk and regulators and the perfect storm is um, crypto assets. Right now, regulators are under a lot of pressure to protect consumers. It's been a hellish couple of weeks for crypto companies. Value has dropped. Withdrawals are frozen. They're laying off staff. It's a really challenging time right now. Bloomberg referred to Bitcoin right now as entering its darkest phase. What are your thoughts on where all this is headed? I mean, will it get worse before it gets better? So I do, um, not to be a pessimist, um, because I'm generally an optimist, but I do think that, uh, you know, we will see, you know, a more downward trend um, before things get better. And that's largely driven by a number of uh, headwinds from, you know, the war in Ukraine to the increase in interest rates to bring down inflation that's, you know, occurring across the world with higher agricultural and commodity prices. So, you know, as those, you know, take effect, it's hard for central banks and governments to land the economy in a gentle uh, approach. So I do think we'll see more volatility and we'll see a readjustment in pricing. And crypto is one example of that. And other assets will also, such as housing and others, will also be impacted. You brought up uh, clearing earlier. I want to change gears a little bit and discuss uh, derivatives clearing, and in particular, the future of sell-side clearing. What are some notable, uh, notable impacts that we've seen in the clearing industry since the pandemic hit? So it became more evident when COVID abruptly shut down the world economy in March uh, 2020. So the global futures and options markets experienced record trading activity and extreme volatility. Our markets function as expected um, and handled this enormous stress. However, it exposed several longstanding bottlenecks in the trading and clearing infrastructure that must be addressed. So the largest of these were the averaging of trades, the allocation of trades and decline accounts, and unclear trades at the end of the day, leaving the executing brokers and clearing members with uncollateralized exposures. So the futures industry has faced the ongoing challenge of fragmentation with the number of participants engaged in the industry. And by this, I mean clients, executing brokers, clearing brokers, exchanges, and clearing houses, with how efficiently all of these parties come together to pass information between one another to clear a trade and pay collateral to reduce the risk of exposure. Now, I've read a recent report that cited that two-thirds of clearing providers are predicting growth for their business, which seems a little bit at odds with the volatility in the markets right now. So how do you reconcile these two seemingly contrasting situations that they're predicting some growth for clearing providers 
and yet the volatility in the markets is causing a downturn. It just, it, they don't seem to reconcile. What are your thoughts? First question I always ask is, you know, to analyze, you know, what is the benchmark for uh, growth? And the futures industry has reduced in the number of futures clearing merchants by more than half since the financial crisis due to the cost of doing business. So capacity has been more concentrated in the fewer clearing firms, as I mentioned earlier. The continued move of products to own exchange trading increases the flow of business through these FCMs, plus the advent of new products such as crypto futures. So the size of the market will increase in terms of the breadth of products and the volume of trading, but not all firms will necessarily be as profitable. So there are a number of measures of growth, and for firms to be successful, the management of their balance sheets is going to be more and more important, especially with changes such as a standardized approach for counterparty credit risk and to have successful growth and risk management they're going to be keys to you know how you look towards the future let's talk data management for a minute the FIA the futures industry association released a report proposing that the industry modernize the processes their data standards so there's clearly a support for modernizing but from your perspective where could modernization or the future of cell-site clearing be headed? So it's an exciting uh, topic. So the FAA has initiated a review on post-trade settlement processes, and the objective was to study the lessons learned, create an industry task force, and gather the views of global exchanges, clearinghouses, vendors, and customers. So this led to the FIA issuing a blueprint with several recommendations aimed at making the industry more effective and efficient. So some of the blueprint recommendations were, for example, you know, forming an independent market standards board to oversee the development of certain uh, market standards and best practices uh, in the trade and clearing life cycle. The other was to then have a standards board overseeing governance that broadly represents the whole industry and its stakeholders with its deliberations that were open and transparent to the marketplace as a whole. So the FIA discussions to align on the industry standards are starting, but I would expect over the next six months for the FIA to publish the agenda and roadmap for what they want to tackle. I would not expect a significant uh, breakthrough in a short period, but the keys to success are bringing all of the constituents uh, together. So buy-side, sell-side firms, such as banks and brokers, the clearinghouses, the vendors, and FIA technology to align on data and industry standards. So it's an exciting period, as I said, and the industry continues to evolve and technology is going to be a significant catalyst as it has been to managing risk and changing the ways of work, but also using more predictive analytics. Well, along the same lines of data management and, and standardization, let's discuss data breaks because that appears to be an ongoing challenge in the industry as well. Will you break down for us how the industry is tackling the issues of data exceptions between buy side and sell side as how it relates to front office, middle and back office. So this is a question that goes to the heart of managing risk and the cost space for participants. So the first question is to ask again, what do you mean by data exceptions between buy side, sell side firms? An example is an asset manager or a corporate client who's executing a futures trade on an exchange 
through their broker to hedge their risk. And the broker does the trade with the client, but then has to give that trade up to their client's clearing broker, who's responsible for the management of the accounting controls and reporting uh, for the client. So the clearing broker may be completely different organization to the executing broker who actually did the trade for the client. So the clearing broker receives that trade from the clearing house, but has to wait until they receive the allocations, which are the split of the trade into their individual sub-fund accounts. This will also involve averaging out the price from the different fills that were completed. And this is not one you know, average pricing methodology that's used. So then you start to overlay this with the client dealing with different executing and clearing brokers who all have different trade allocation and averaging processes with different timings by markets. And that whole lack of standardization of data, processes, and protocols all leads to trades not clearing correctly on trade date or being reconciled correctly. And in summary, you end up with a number of data exceptions in your workflow and in your control layers that are risk and cost to the firms. So the industry's debated the issue of defining and adopting common data standards, processes, and protocols. But most participants, I would suggest, do not see a commercial advantage to organizations developing and maintaining these separately. So that lends itself to collaboration in the current processes are a considerable cost to firms due to the processes not being scalable um, and a potentially increasing risks and costs. So a lot of this is driven by underinvestment and technology by participants. And it became, again, very evident during COVID who had invested in technology and those firms that had not and were trying to do things manually. So looking now kind of two years back, You know, on most firms, they've started to review their current clearing technology, as many will have been on the same platform for more than a decade. So the next evolution in the futures market, I would surmise, will also open the opportunity for vendors to partner closer with executing and clearing brokers to help them resolve the front-to-back adoption of common data standards, processes, and protocols so that each firm does not have to go out and build it individually. The other opportunity to adopt automated processes that these new vendor platforms offer, such as standardized workflows, automated averaging methodologies, and data symbology mapping services will drive real-time and scalable processes, which holds the keys to how we simplify our processes and reduce risks in the industry. So standardization and ultimately modernization of their of their technology and processes is is probably key in, in moving this forward or addressing some of these challenges. Absolutely. Bruce, let's change gears for a minute. What is some advice you wish you had heard earlier in your career? That's a great question. I guess I would offer a few observations for those working today. I'd encourage managing your career and your ongoing learning and development. You should be investing in yourself at the development of your technical and softer skills. For some of those who join large organizations, those courses are readily available online or in classroom-based format, but um, many others have to work you know, more independently to develop those. So key message is stay relevant and keep up to date. The other observation is to develop and maintain your network. The colleagues, industry peers, consultants, etc., are all part of a larger ecosystem that represent the industry, and it's an area that many individuals find that they've underinvested in during their career. So nurturing your network to assist you in the future is worth your time and effort as you may need to call upon it periodically throughout your career. Bruce Roberts, 
Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. I hope you visit us again. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. This episode is brought to you by ION. At ION, our clear derivative solutions automate your complete trade lifecycle and deliver actionable insights whenever and wherever you need them. We offer execution and order management, post-trade processing, and a complete front-to-back business solution. To learn more, visit us at iongroup.com slash markets or email us markets at iongroup.com. And that's our episode for today. You can follow Ion Markets on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.